the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's get to it here on a Thursday. Uh, Seth Mays is here in the studio from the Arkansas GOP. He's communications director. And uh, we have not heard from JR yet. Heidi, you think it could be that JR has got to uh, power wash the other hot side of the uh, driveway today? <laughs> he had to power wash the driveway last week. I thought that was a great, great story. Trying to sell his home, wanting to move to a new house. If you're trying to sell your home, the time is now. Just saying, the housing market is red, 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 red hot. All right, I sent this to you, Seth, yesterday. I talked about it on the show. I was uh, irritated by it, to say the least. I sent this to Congressman uh, Hill. They weren't happy with it either. And uh, it was uh, this... Uh, memo that was sent out by Walmart uh, dealing with the, uh, was it SB 622 being passed? Let me read this to you again. This is from Doug McMillan. He's the president and CEO of Walmart. We were pleased to see the Arkansas legislature pass needed and long overdue hate crimes legislation. Well, I would disagree with uh, the president and CEO right off the bat because I don't need see that it was needed and it was long overdue, to be honest. Uh, while more work needs to be done to strengthen this proposal, it was important for Arkansas to join the 47 other states that have adopted these protections for their citizens. Can we stop there? Let's talk about this because just the beginning of this is enough to drive you crazy i wish that corporations would go back to sleep all right to be honest with you this is the woke walmart that's what we're getting right here uh, where in the law does it not protect men women uh gay people transgender people it, it's all there already right well, and that is really what's one of the mind-boggling things here in looking at this. I'm not sure that Senate Bill 22, now signed into law as of yesterday, is really going to do much about a lot. I'm interested to see in the future if it's ever used and, and in what instances it is. And we're going to have a registry of these cases, so we'll have data to go back and reference and see how it was applied. But what really gets me here with a company, first of all, after the fact, after this has already passed, notice they didn't do this before, anything so coming in after it's done we don't 
know that, but you know, I'm I'm sure right. phone calls were made. Well, they they could have been in the committee process to testify yes. in either chamber or have put out a statement before. But yeah. that's what I'm saying to publicly take the lap after it's done is, uh, you know, I, is very telling. Uh, but first of all, when you look back at, for instance, in the committee on the House side. Vivian Flowers, Democrat state rep out of Pine Bluff, had said her issue with 622, and I kid you not, Dave, these were the words out of her mouth. Really, I think my problem with the bill is that it protects everybody. <laughs> I kid you not, that is what she said. And she said not everybody, no has, special, been, not no everybody has been targeted in the past yeah. in the same way. And so, you know, I encourage everybody to go back and listen to your interview uh, with Alan Clark, was it this Monday or, yeah, or last Monday. Monday? And very insightful, and, and I sort of uh, agree with Alan Clark. This doesn't do what many of the Democrats, like Joyce Elliott and Stephanie Flowers and others, have wanted to for years, which is, one, assign a new crime. A new category. No, no new crime committed in your right category. So, And this is really, Dave, we know what this is. It's an attempt to try and get out in front of a cancel culture. And we see it on this issue. We see it on, for instance, our legislature has now passed that you cannot be handing out food, water, or any materials within 100 feet of a voting location. You know, voting locations, for starters, can provide water. I, I didn't know we had so many parched people all across the country. I didn't know from Georgia to Arkansas <laughs> that was going to be a great concern, the great parching of, of the last election and, and how that disenfranchised folks. But we passed that law. It's very similar to Georgia's, and it doesn't prohibit folks from, A, bringing your own water. Yeah. What a concept. doesn't prohibit the location from providing a station where you could receive refreshments, but it prevents you, Dave, from putting on an indivisible shirt and going around and passing out. That's right. Uh, you know, different items. You can't electioneer. Right. Within a what is a protected zone supposed to be. And this just makes just make sure of that. So it's it's fairly benign bill that I think most people would think is good policy. But companies in Georgia and, and we'll see about what happens in Arkansas are very fearful of the way that this. This appears. I saw a national journalist yesterday who had tweeted that Arkansas had passed similar voter suppression laws like Georgia. Voter I, suppression. I don't think we're, one person will be suppressed because they cannot receive a little water bottle and a granola bar from Indivisible or that they were really taking off half their day to wait in line to vote to begin with because lots of Republican states have nearly half a month of early voting. Yeah. Unlike New York, where you have the day of election day, and <laughs> what do you know? Which, to be honest, I agree with New York on. Yep. Just to be honest. Right. But all these woke companies, you know, like uh, uh, Major League Baseball, who is taking millions of dollars worth of businesses out of a city that is 80% minority and moving it to Denver, where I think the minority population is like nine point something percent. Yes. 80% of Denver, you know, is white. And the state of Colorado has fewer days of early voting and requires a photo ID. It tells me, they, number one, they did not read the bill. I think it's of int- interest, excuse me, that Delta and Coke suddenly have gone silent on this. Right. Well, it, it's never about the policy. Well, Delta got really, I think, blindsided by what the uh, the Georgia legislature did to them on their their tax uh, break. Tell you who was blindsided were Georgia Democrats who found out last week that privately Stacey Abrams had tried to lobby to keep uh, the All Star Game in Georgia because that was not her public persona. What I her know. public persona was saying. <laughs> I know it's it's just really sad. It really is. 
J.R. Davis has pulled himself out of bed to join us today. He was still he's still recovering from power washing his uh, driveway from last week. How you doing, Jr.? That's an accurate statement about the power washing. <laughs> but I will say, I will say to 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 uh, my credit here, we were in house. We were in the Senate Judiciary till about eight o'clock last night. Really? What were you guys talking yeah. about? Oh, it was a uh, it was a lengthy agenda. Uh, we had one bill uh, on the agenda, uh, and just had to wait to the very end. So it was it was just a. Whew, it was a marathon. So anyway, I'm sorry that I. Oh, that's uh, all right. I'm just I just like rubbing it in a little bit <laughs> in the morning when you when you join Actually, us like that. What I, I'm going to start doing this more often. I just like to hear what Seth says, so I can just regurgitate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got to ask you. I sent this to you too. Did you get a chance to look at uh, Walmart's press release? Uh, I saw a little bit of the quote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Are you of the opinion, like I am, that I wish companies would just go back to sleep? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. <laughs> I do get frustrated with uh, that. You know, as time goes on, I mean, look, we dealt with this uh, in Riffra back in 2015. Mm-hmm. This isn't new. Nope. But, um, but yeah, I just feel like it's starting to happen more and more, and the companies are getting more comfortable uh, weighing in on some of these social issues. And yeah, I mean, I wish, uh, you know, uh, more importantly, I'm fine if there's a, to me, it's like this. If there's a passion for whatever it is by the CEO or the board or whatever it might be, what I think the problem is, is that they're, they are basically bowing to the pressures from, you know, uh, all the different groups out there saying you, you must come out and do something. Yeah. The cancel culture is going nuts. Yeah. It's the cancel culture. And so, they're bowing to that pressure, and so that's probably most disappointing and most frustrating, but not surprising. So, yeah, uh, that was a long answer to your short question. I agree with you. Well, and you, you'll see, too, Jr. I know you, you might have seen some of this. A lot of these liberal activists who we have known over the years volunteer on Democrat candidates' campaigns, give regularly on Act Blue to these campaigns. We see all of that in financial disclosures. One of them is now working for the Arkansas Times as a reporter. I'm sure she's very fair and balanced on these types of issues. They will take off and tweet at members of the Walmart board and people who are high up executives and say, Dave Ellswick, at Dave Ellswick, uh, where's Walmart? When is Walmart going to step up on this piece of transgender legislation? Or when is the, uh, somebody at Tyson going to stand up and stop voter suppression bills in Arkansas? That They have taken to that now. That is their calling card is, is to directly already before something is law go after and target a company and try and, and and put the pressure on them well did you see what the new york times did yesterday they called out companies on the list that didn't sign their petition about uh, yeah. the voting laws and <laughs> you know now i mean that's not even reporting reporting that's just plain old activism right yeah and I, look i think that you know and I, I heard a little bit of this when i got on the phone you guys were talking about it but look i i I'm interested to see how things play out in Georgia. I think it's really one of the first times where you've seen, uh, you know, the the sort of cancel culture, uh, you know, kind of be fought back on. And, and I think that there's there's there, you know the Republican Party in Georgia legislature. I think it's basically like, okay, come on, do it. You know, bring it on. We dare you. Keep doing it. This is, I mean, basically, essentially, you're saying, okay, let's take away what is Atlanta. I think it's the 
the is it the fourth largest media market or sixth or something like that. I mean, it's it's you know obviously one of America's largest cities. So yeah, go ahead, try to stay out of Atlanta. Let's see. I mean, let's just dare you do it. And I think that's important. I think you have to challenge. Challenge. Yeah, I agree. These these uh, threats because if you don't, then they're going to do this time and time again. Eventually, though, if they realize that you know you know getting just like Major League Baseball, I think Seth made the, the great point about you know moving from Atlanta where you end up hurting essentially the very individuals. Uh, that you say you want to help by going over to Denver, uh, which is just the most ridiculous and absurd thing ever. But I think at some point they have to see that there is a risk for them doing this. Um, and and I'll, so I'll be interested to see how it, it plays out in uh, um, in uh, Georgia and, and quite frankly here in Arkansas. I mean, there's been a lot of social issues passed here that um, you know that I think have have put Arkansas in the crosshairs as well. And I'll be very curious to see you know, what happened, if anything, from here. Uh, I do remember it was actually kind of funny. Uh, in 2015, the whole Riffer stuff, I think the NBA threatened to never come to Arkansas. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, you know, but I mean, it's like over, overly absurd things like that. So I'll be, I'll be curious to see how things shake out. All right. We got to take a break. When we come back, uh, it came out late last night. They're going to unveil it at 1030 this morning. And that is the Democrats now are going to unveil a proposed takeover of the Supreme Court, allowing packing the court with liberal judges. We'll talk about that here when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Pat Davis, your health plan man, his website, yourhealthplanman.com. Give him a call. I want you to call him if you got health insurance and it's expensive. If you're a business owner, I'd like you to call Pat Davis and see what he can do for you. I mean, I hear from RD and others about how your insurance has gone up 75% over the last few years. Well, if that's the case, then you need to try something different. And, you know, you don't have to jump in with both feet right away. You can spend some time talking to Pat Davis Let him sit down with you. Let him talk to you over the phone, whatever it is that you want to do this as, and let him explain to you how he can save you money. For instance, he can save you 30 to 50% on your health insurance. It's actual insurance. It's not a share plan. Uh, You're looking at, you can choose any provider in the nation. And you often get a check when you go to the doctor, urgent care, or even the hospital, and there are no co-pays. And everybody says, too good to be true. How do you know if you never talk to the man? I, that's my, I, I think that's funny. It's like Major League Baseball moving from Atlanta to, uh, to Colorado to Denver for the All-Star game, and it's very obvious they never read the bill. Before you say something isn't true or before you say I'm going to do something, you might want to know what it is that you're talking about. So I'm just talking straight to you if you're a business owner. You need to talk to Pat Davis. He can save you a lot of money. 501-605-6935. That's his phone number. 501-605-6935. Or visit him online, yourhealthplanman.com. 
All right, so the Democrats in the House, uh, Jr., are not happy with the president, evidently, because the president announced last week about this commission to look at should we reduce or in, increase the amount of members on the court, yada, yada, yada. Well, several House Democrats are set to unveil at 1030 today uh, a piece of legislation to expand the number of justice on, justices on the Supreme Court. I talked to several members of our uh, delegation uh, from Arkansas about this yesterday. They said they're going to they're going to get out and and make these statements, but it's like they're trying to just fly a balloon to see if they can get any tra- uh, you know real traction on this. That there is really no no uh, hunger in the House or in the Senate to change this. So let me ask you: Do you think that that's true? Yeah, I mean, I. Sorry, I had you on mute during the break there. That's all right. Turn it off. Uh, no, I think that's right. I mean, look, this is what people have to remember, and we've talked about this before. The majorities for the Democrats in the House and the Senate are very, very slim and fragile. Um, and, in fact, so much so that I believe Kevin McCarthy probably has, uh, you know, more power as a minority leader than, than you know, uh, than most people recognize because he can control the floor vote at times, which means there are Democrats who fear for their reelection because they're in a, you know, either a sort of purple uh, district or maybe, you know, a normally red district they picked up. I mean, so there's a lot of fear there. The, the, the majorities in the house are very, very slim. And then you go over to the Senate where it's literally 50, 50 with, the vice president breaking the tie and Joe Manchin has already come out and said he's not four packing the court. Um, and so you already lose that. And you've got Christian cinema uh, over in Arizona and you have some, you know, there, there's, there's the idea. And here's the thing. It's the precedent. And I think most of them fear this too. I mean, I think on both sides, if you start going down this road where Democrats have the power, so they want to pack the court then when Republicans get the power, what do they, they they add a couple more members to the court? At some point, you start looking like, you know, uh, a freshman class uh, sitting on the Supreme Court uh, versus, you know, what we've had, uh, you know, constitutionally. So anyway, it, I think it's just one of those things where um, it, it's it's it gets headlines. Uh, it, it gets you on the news. Um, but I don't think this is going anywhere. And I would be surprised if it did. Yeah. How about you? No, I. Yeah, I agree with that. And listen, I mean, this, these are the slimmest majorities you can have. Of course, the Senate is tied 50-50. We have a power-sharing agreement between McConnell and Schumer on, on how everything is conducted. Congresswoman uh, Letlow was sworn in yesterday. Of course, her husband had been elected but then uh, passed away before assuming office. They did a special election. With her being sworn in by Speaker Pelosi yesterday, the Democrats can afford to lose two seats. So you don't really get more divided in this country legislatively than where we are. Yeah, you got literally. She's got to hold her whole caucus right, to pass right. stuff. And so when we look at an issue like this, we talk about a lot with the Biden administration early on. It's been a lot of signaling to the base that, hi, we're here from the government and we're here to help. And the COVID number was over the top. The so-called infrastructure, I say so-called because infrastructure isn't in the title and only accounts for 5% of the spending. 
you know, when you look at the the bill for the so-called infrastructure plan, and then when when you look at this commission that is going to study the size and scope of the Supreme Court, and I'm sure the fix is not in. I'm sure they're very open-minded to coming to term with non-justices right. is a good number, you know, tongue-in-cheek here. Um, listen, I mean, if they expand the court, what's to stop us from sp- expanding it to 100 and then coming back and expanding it to 1,000? You know, I mean, wh- where do we yeah. stop? And I think we as conservatives have a burden put upon us, and it's a good burden, which is to go down the road of reasoning and then to arrive at a result. Whereas some justices like Kagan and Sotomayor and Ginsburg were certainly this way, you know the destination now you just have to traverse the obstacle course to get you to where you want to end up. That's I always correct. use the example Antonin Scalia, who detested flag burning, wrote the majority opinion saying that that was your right. He said, I think you ought to be taken out and beaten in the streets if you burn the flag. But is that your right to do it? And I have to arrive at the conclusion that it is. And you don't see Democrats do that. So as opposed to, to looking at largening the scope of the Supreme Court, I think the Democratic caucus, and they're not going to do this, but you have to make better arguments. And you really have to read a Supreme Court opinion and really see what was the issue at hand. And once again, not just look at the result and say, well, legislatively, I wish it would have accomplished something else. Well, I just have to tell you, you're asking a lot of the American public from the bench to be able to do that. (laughs) All right. Let's take a break for the news. And when we come back, J.R. Davis uh, will continue with us, as will Seth. All right, you want to clean your house, and I mean get it really cleaned? I should have said, do you want somebody else to clean your house and get it really clean? Well, you can do that. With St. Clarity Residential Cleaning, these folks go in and they do a deep clean. You know that dirt that you don't want to get on your knees and get out of the corners and like the kitchen or maybe the bathroom behind the toilet? You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. They do it. That's a deep clean for the folks at St. Clarity Residential uh, Cleaning. Now, if you'd like them to come to your home and to do that cleaning, I can save you some money on it. Typically, to have them come out, you do a deep clean on your house, takes three or four hours. Uh, you're looking at 300 bucks if you got a home that's up to 2,500 square feet. But if you call 404-6560, 404-6560, and many of you have, uh, we'll give you a 50% discount on that. And it only costs you $150 for you to uh, get your home uh, cleaned. Uh, St. Clarity Residential Cleaning has been expanding quickly <coughs> because a lot of you have taken them up on this uh, this deal. Uh, used to be you could call in when we first started and they'd come out the next day. Can't do that anymore. You're about 10 days out now. So when you call in, uh, they're going to come out to your house. They're going to look at your home. They're going to go over it with you. They're going to tell you where they can clean. If you've got places that you want to see clean, they'll tell you that that they can get to it. And then uh, you get that all set up, and then you'll set up a date for them to come out and actually do the cleaning. Again, the number to call, 404-6560. Call that number during normal business hours, and Chuck will take care of making sure that you get one of these certificates so that you can get uh, one of the best cleaning uh, businesses in your home, St. Clarity Residential uh, Cleaning. All right, let's come back and and, and let's talk some more. I I, I was talking to Seth during the break, uh, Jr. Uh, Monday I had both uh, 
Congressman Hill and Congressman Westerman on. And my first question to both of them was, had they gone to the library and picked up their new copy of the Democrat lexicon? Uh, and and I'm, I'm referring to the Democrats and how they've changed the definition of infrastructure and how they've changed the, the word bipartisan. Uh, infrastructure, according to Senator Gillibrand out of New York, is everything, as it is to uh, Bernie Sanders now. That child care is infrastructure and, and on and on and on. It's the most ridiculous stuff I've heard. I mean, for decades now, we've all understood that infrastructure is talking about infrastructure, bridges, roads. Uh, I think we can throw broadband into infrastructure now and things of that nature, but not child care and not a lot of the other stuff that they're bringing up. So um, let's start with you, Jr. Did you pick up your lexicon so that you can understand the language now? I mean, seriously, for people who don't believe we're in 1984, uh, this is newspeak. That's exactly what's going on. Yeah. So uh, you you tell me well, what you think. No, I mean, look, this is uh, this is why it's terrifying really, to have Democrats uh, in control of anything. Uh, it, every time there's a major, you know, policy initiative or uh, a bill coming down the pike, look, we know that Biden's focus is on infrastructure. Now uh, they see this as an opportunity to cram whatever they possibly came into this multi-trillion dollar bill. Um, and, and that's exactly what Democrats are doing. I mean, look, do we have an infrastructure problem in America? Yes, we do. Do we need some updates? Do we need to fix some things? Is broadband an issue? Absolutely. But that's where the focus needs to be, not on every thing that Bernie Sanders or, you know, Gillibrand can sit there and, and, and basically say, this is also infrastructure. Or we need to add this to the list. If we do that, we're not being efficient uh, with with any sort of taxpayer dollars, and we're not actually moving the needle forward. And so if we're really going to try to take care of infrastructure, we need to keep the eye on the ball with the actual infrastructure needs of the country. And again, uh, this is exactly what we saw in the whatever, the uh, uh, American Rescue Plan. You put a bill there, Democrats pack it with a bunch of pork, things that don't I mean, we, we still, we will, it will take us, I think it will take us a few years to figure out exactly everything that took place in that American rescue plan. My fear is that it will be the same with this infrastructure plan, where the money goes, who benefits from it, and does it actually move the needle uh, as far as infrastructure goes? And, and, you know, I think as long as you have uh, those types of Democrats out there, I think the answer to that's going to be no. Yeah. Well, I was talking to Seth and Seth, you mentioned about, the word infrastructure is not even in this bill. Right. A couple points on that. First of all, JR, we have to pass it to find out what's in it. Don't you know that? I yeah, mean, this, this is 2021. So, right. I, I got a call from a reporter earlier in the week asking for some comment and context on sort of what Republicans thought about, quote, is this person said, and I don't blame this person because this is what it will commonly be known as the infrastructure bill. As you pointed out from Congressman uh, Hill and Westerman, First of all, it's a memo from the Biden administration. There has not been That's an actually correct. filed bill. But, you know, that that is what is going to happen. So let's refer to it as that infrastructure bill. I really detest, as somebody who works in communications, when reporters will refer to something as so-called. 
the so-called Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. No, it's that that is what it is called. <laughs> that is the title. It is not so-called. But I told this reporter, and to their credit, they did this in the article, you really have to refer to this as a so-called infrastructure plan because, two points, first of all, infrastructure is not in the title. The title of the memo is a Jobs Act, which is really dystopian right now because I mean, you can go all over the place and see help wanted signs at, at plenty of businesses. Plenty of folks are hiring right now. So the last thing we need is a is a jobs act from the federal government. Hi, I'm from the federal government and I'm here to help. You know, you know what a, Harry Brown used to say about mm-hmm. that, right? He said, hi, I'm from the government here to help. And they break your legs and then they show up six months later and offer you a pair of crutches. Right. <laughs> exactly. So first of all, infrastructure isn't in the title. It's a jobs act is what it is. Uh, but furthermore, when you look at the spending there within, only about 5% of it is going for the things that we traditionally refer to as infrastructure, roads and bridges and, and, and those types of activities. You have people like Kirsten Gillibrand, and I have the tweet pulled up here. Paid leave is infrastructure. Child care is infrastructure. Caregiving is infrastructure. I think happy hour ought to be infrastructure. We ought to we ought to just around the country it's five, five o'clock, o'clock somewhere every day. The That's federal right. government ought to just have happy hour, and then and then I when you hit a pothole, you won't be so concerned. You'll be jovial. Exactly It'll be nice. Right. Yeah. If they if they promise to to add that in there, I, I'm I'm fine with the job. <laughs> all roads lead to some happy hour. So. Yeah, that's exactly right, and you know. People say, but that's so that's so nice of the government to do that. Let me remind you that the you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Sure, I'm just telling yeah. you this is not this is not good legislation, nor is it good governance by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I think you know what I really think what we're seeing here. Honestly, I think they've mentioned this a couple of times, or you know, I've read it in a few articles, but. Uh, I think Biden sees himself as sort of, you know, the uh, uh, this is going to sound kind of weird, but the second coming of FDR or, you know, Lyndon mm. Johnson, like he, he wants true. to be able to pass. He wants to go down as having, you know, passed the next great new deal. Right. And I think in some ways this infrastructure package uh, or we'll call it the so-called infrastructure package. Um, Teaching you well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that. He's putting forth here. That's what this is. He wants to. Be, he wants to be able to like create all of these sort of temporary jobs. To Seth's point, we're coming out of a pandemic. We're on the other side of it. You know, things are hopefully starting to get a little bit back to normal. There are plenty of jobs out there, and and quite frankly, you know, look, part of the Trump administration, now the Biden administration, both participated in making it extremely difficult to get the unemployed back into work with all of the different, uh, uh, you know, unemployment benefits that people can receive, not just from the state, but from the federal government. People aren't working because they don't have to. They're not working because they're making more money now on these unemployment benefits than they would if they went back to their job. That's a problem. Like, that's something that the Biden administration should should address. But no, we're, we're going to do this huge bill, trillions of dollars, to create temporary jobs and pack it with a bunch of things that uh, that aren't going to move the needle at all. And and so if you, if you brought forth a plan, quite, I don't think I know, look, infrastructure is expensive. We know that here in, in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But if you brought forth a real plan that was going to sort of, uh, I think, 
transform the United States of America as far as infrastructure goes and, and bring it into the uh, you know, to modern times and, and put broadband into every little sector of the company, all that, I think, I think you might actually get some support. The problem is with that is that nobody believes it, and they do think it's just a, a complete waste of money when you get into the, uh, the weeds of this bill. And so that's the problem. And, and so I think, but my original point, I mean, that's Biden. He wants to be, he wants to be the next great, you know, iconic president as far as you know passing some of these crazy legislation and he's going to continue to do that as long as he's in the white house well before we jump on that and let him do that people need to read about those eras that we just talked about they need to go back and look at what the new deal did did it really do what you know some historians say and the answer is no and was the new right. the new society uh, that Johnson uh, said would happen in urban development? Let's look at what urban development really did for the inner cities, and it did nothing. Zip. In fact, it destroyed black businesses. Uh, we can get into all of that. People want to really talk history. We can talk history. You may not like what you hear, but we can talk history we got to take a break let's come back uh the arkansas legislature is making some moves uh as far as election laws here we'll have to find out if uh, major league baseball will tell us that we got to get rid of the uh, travelers or not but uh we will we'll be back to talk about that in a moment uh don't forget about uh, what's going on with applied research center They've got a great thing happening over at the ARC Walking Clinic on Rodney Parham, right down from, uh, you know, the the King there, the Burger King, and from uh, the party time. Uh, that's the easiest way to find them. Uh, go over, visit with them if you need a COVID nineteen test, because they are now offering COVID nineteen rapid testing and treatment. This includes the rapid test and medical evaluation. Treatment and follow-up visits are included if the test is positive. So you hear this rapid test will keep you from having to go like on, you know, quarantine for four days or five days and you don't know anything. You got to wait till the test comes in. This is a rapid test. It's done and it gets done quickly. Uh, to set up an appointment for that, 501-954-7822. 501-954-7822. Seventy-eight twenty-two. So, if your employer or somebody else is selling, you need to be uh, tested. Get a COVID nineteen rapid test at the ARC Walk-in Clinic. Number again: five zero one nine five four seventy-eight twenty-two. And I'll tell you on Monday we're going to have a special guest at seven thirty. Uh, the state chair, the GOP, is going to be on and going to announce who their speaker is going to be at the big dinner that's coming up. So uh, you want to hear who's coming. It's kind of cool who's coming. I'm excited to hear that she's coming. It is a she, just so <laughs> you'll know. It's a she. All right, so uh, Andrew DeMillo uh, wrote an article for today's, um, for the Associated Press. He's with the Associated Press now. He's moved up from the local paper to the Associated Press. Let me read the first two paragraphs. Andrew you need to go back to journalism school. I'm just, I'm going to tell you, because a news article is about fact. It's not about your opinion of what is fact. 
Uh, Arkansas legislators Tuesday approved changes to the state's election laws, including restrictions outside polling places and on absentee ballots that opponents said would disproportionately harm voters of color in the state. The measure advanced by the majority Republican legislature come as a historic number of voting restrictions have been proposed across the country, fueled by former President Donald Trump's unfounded claims of election fraud in the 2020 election. Uh, It's not Donald Trump's, quote, unfounded claims of election fraud uh, that has propelled this legislature. Uh, I mean, I've talked about this for several months now, that by the Constitution, states run their own elections. The federal government sets the date and things of that nature. But the states run their own elections. And I made the statement on the air, and I stand by it, that the only state you can change is your own state. And that's why we needed to turn our attention to uh, Arkansas, because what went down in Pulaski County uh, during the last election was tragic i mean it was ridiculous and that's what they're responding to is it not uh, seth well that is and dave what what i think you might be missing is that voter suppression is infrastructure don't you it's all infrastructure i forgot about that (laughs) couldn't couldn't avoid throwing that in there (laughs) you have covered very well the shenanigans that happened in pulaski county back even before the election before they happened and what do you know? We get to the election, and in the days after, as they continue to process ballots, 327 ballots that, mind you, were initially marked do not count by the Democrat county clerk, Terry Hollingsworth, right? The clerk can, can sort of give markers to these ballots, but they are all reviewed by the Election Commission, which is the only body that oversees elections, And the Election Commission agreed with the clerk's recommendation, but they could have done whatever they wanted, agreed that that box of ballots were not to be counted for various reasons, but they weren't complete applications. And then later, 327 ballots that should not have been counted were counted. And in two very close state representative races here in Pulaski County, you had a number of ballots that were counted that should not have been that exceeded the margin of victory or defeat for either candidate. And at the end of the day, you should not look at a race and say, well, probability says this candidate may have won. Mm -hmm. We should not guess the winner of races by probability. When it comes to an election, (laughs) we need certainty. And you laugh, but that that was the case. Democrat Ashley Hudson's lawyer made in front of the Claims Commission, who, who oversaw Uh, all of this evidence and her argument was probability it is probably the case that my candidate won they did not know that's the point (laughs) right and a race is set up so that you do know and jr would you agree with us that this is about pulaski county more than it's about president trump saying that was there is election fraud yeah i agree with that completely i actually had a conversation with uh one state senator uh, earlier this week, and we're working on uh, some stuff uh, that hopefully will give uh, more resources and tools to kind of hold some of our uh, election workers responsible moving forward. We'll see if we can get that through. But look, part of the part of the the question was, you know, this this came up and uh, with some of our conversations, and whether it was 
uh, you know, Donald Trump, and he was pushing this. I said, do you guys remember throughout, you know, when all of the conversations uh, were happening after the election about, oh, there's there could be fraud in Arizona, there could be fraud in Pennsylvania, all this talk about fraud in Georgia. And that's what nationally people were paying attention to. In Arkansas, we especially in the heart of Arkansas, right here in Pulaski County, I mean, we had a very clear example of what you know, whether there was there, whether there was intent, whether it was a complete, just egregious mistake, and someone just, you know, quite frankly, uh, can't do their job. Whatever it was, everybody could point to it and say there's a severe issue here, and it seems like ballots are being found, ballots are being hidden. I mean, it yeah. just it just smelled the high heaven, and so so for anyone to say that it, you know that these Republicans are acting. Um, and I understand where DeMillo's going, but yeah, he, I mean, he's wrong in this in this regard uh, to say that it's it's all because of, of the Trump stuff. It's not. We all had a perfectly good example right here at home. Um, and and you know, the crazy part about it is, and Seth, you know, you doing what you do on a daily basis, but uh, I mean, the Democrats throughout that whole process, it, it was remarkable as well. I mean, it was just a the entire. Uh, you know, watching that play out from afar, uh, you know, and, and watching it online and that sort of thing, it really was sort of an out-of-body experience. But that's what's driving people. They want people to feel protected. Voters want to know when they walk into the ballot box that their vote counts and it's protected. Um, and that's that's the reason we're doing all this stuff. When you have an election commissioner who, who happens to find a box of ballots that nobody's touched, that does not make people feel very confident in things. No, that may, that makes people think about Chicago. I'm just saying. Right. Those are the kinds of stuff that I grew up up by Chicago. Yep. And the key, Dave, I think just real quick here, a lot of these changes are very small changes. They're small, but they're meaningful. Yeah, they are. You know, the election commission is supposed to be in charge of certifying the election and actually counting the votes. But the staff, for instance, in Pulaski County doesn't report to them. They report to the county judge. Well, you see where the friction's going to be between a Republican commission and a Democrat judge. Damn. And so, for instance, one of the laws is to make sure that staff reports to the commission. The Thank you, Mark Johnson. It. What an idea. You know, it's really not a, a drastic change in what people expect the law to be as to what it will now be. All right. We're out of time, guys. JR, get out there and power wash that driveway again today. We'll, Just for you, buddy. <laughs> we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Seth, thank you as well for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show. The car guys are up next. Into the 7 o'clock hour, Dave Ellswick Show on a Thursday. We're getting closer and closer to the weekend. Weekend's starting to shape up to be pretty nice. Tomorrow's going to be wet. You just heard uh, the weather 
just a moment ago here on uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. But uh, I'm telling you that Saturday and Sunday, though it will not be as warm as we would hope, uh, is going to be a lot of sun evidently out there. So I'm I'm all about that. And uh, this coming week is going to be kind of cool, but it's going to be dry. And then the following week, we're going to get a little bit over the average high. Right now, average high this time of year is about 72. Yeah. And we've been running just under that here. Although we had a couple of days last week that we got over it, which was great. You know, it would be like 78 and felt like 85. Those were my kind of days. I, yeah. look, I look forward to having some more of that. All right. Joe is here from Joe's Garage. He's over on Crystal Hills Road in uh, North Little Rock. You can find him right off of I-40. Uh, if you're going out towards uh, Conway, get off on the Crystal Hills exit. Hang a right. Look for the big... The big uh, flagpoles. That's all you got to do. You'll find him right out there. Just look for the building. It's got all the cars around it that are trying to get fixed. And then uh, Duck is here today. He's feeling better. We're glad that he's feeling better and is here in the studio with us today. And he's down in the Benton area. And he's right there by the new Boys and Girls Club and the, the big softball fields. And I guess in. They was full all weekend. From what I'm understanding, they're talking. Uh, in Benton, they want to keep the uh, A&P tax so they can build more softball fields. Yeah, they still got probably enough room to build, probably five more. Well, you think if they're making money off the ones they got, they'd have enough money that they could build more. That goes somewhere else, Dave. They don't go for building. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk was, cars What were y'all today? talking about that while ago about the infrastructure? Yeah, yeah. That's totally different. I, I like that, uh, you know, child care is infrastructure. Yeah, I love that. Well, if we ain't like got I no said, kids, we still get the money, Dave? You got to have you gotta have the new Democrat lexicon. <clears throat> you know? I can rent one. You got to need the new dictionary. <laughs> you know, there's, there's all different definitions now for not only uh, infrastructure, but for bipartisanship. You should, you got to, you got to read their, their new definition for that. It doesn't. Bipartisanship is when Democrats and Republicans work together to get something done. According to the president now, bipartisanship is how's the voters looking at it. Mm-hmm. That's that's bipartisanship. Anyway, uh, it is what it what it is. All right, we're going to talk about cars. If you got a, if you have a question, let me give you the phone <coughs> number eight two three zero nine six five eight two three zero nine six five and uh, Joe and Duck will uh, tackle your question and see if they can help you out a little bit here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Caitlin sent us a question in about a 2010 Chrysler Sebring Limited, four-cylinder, 2.4-liter engine. Still see Sebrings out on the road. Uh, I liked them. I thought they were a nice, sporty little car that they had. I really liked the Sebring convertibles. Uh, but uh, Chrysler decided to discontinue the model. Uh, she says that her 2010 Chrysler Sebring has been having a problem where it likes to die randomly. At first, we thought it was a battery, so we got a new battery. Then we even got a new fuel pump. Nothing solves the problem. We aren't getting a check engine light. We're already replaced both crankshaft, uh, crankshaft sensors and camshaft sensor. My fiance thinks that it might be the throttle body sensor, but I would think that we would get a check engine light. The dying is immediate, and all of my lights on my dash stay on whenever it dies. Any idea 
what this could be. If I turn the car on and let it idle for more than 15 minutes, it starts to make this weird sound, and it just shuts off. Sometimes it does this. Sometimes it's just fine if I leave it on. We've dealt with this engine misfiring before because of a bad intake gasket, and it doesn't feel anything like that. Wow. A lot of stuff there. So, Joe. I yeah. wonder, did they have when they put the intake gasket? Did it just start right after they put the intake gasket on? I don't know. We don't have that information. <laughs> I got a few things, you know, an idle relearn and a crank uh, relearn, yep. and, and then a, a just a good throttle body cleaning. Cleaning, yep. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking because, you know, what gets it? It says it makes a weird noise, which I don't, yeah, that's going to be tough. You know, right? that can be it could yeah, just be idling too low. You know, yeah, and, and this probably. It may be trying to suck the air through the aisle speed motor. Then yeah. it's whistling real bad. I've seen that before. Yeah. You know, until somebody can diagnose it and catch it doing it, it's just going to be a guess. Even yeah. for us, until we catch it doing it. But I'm sure this would be pretty easy to duplicate because he said it does it just about every time. Yep. Yeah. So you just got to get it. Somebody can put a machine on and watch it, and then you can figure out what's going on with it. All right. So 12 <laughs> minutes after 7. Uh, Caitlin, I hope that helps you. You need to get it by a bumper-to-bumper certified service center and let them put their uh, computers on it so they can watch all the information. Uh, They don't just make their decisions by feels, all right? They don't fly by the seat of their pants. Uh, They test. They don't guess. All right. Sometimes, Dave, we have to put a known good part on and go drive it. Yeah, explain what that is. Well, we have test parts i have them joe has them gary henry has them we all have a few test parts that on on stupid problems that like this could be you know a stupid problem we always have something to put on it to go test it and go drive it let it sit and run out don't we joe sure you know that's, that's part of it uh sometimes uh flow chart will say install known good part and retest that yep. way it's elimination thing because you know a code test doesn't tell you what's wrong with the car it just gives you an idea where to go to look for it then it's up to us to test it and diagnose it like I had a guy coming the other day had a had a uh, ISX Cummins and it's missing. He said, "But I don't have a check engine light on." I said, "No, it's because it's not in the electrical part. It's in the manual part. And it it as long as the electrical part clicks and pops the fuel, the manual part don't really care." And that's what I, t- I had to, had to explain it to him why it was doing what it was doing. Put an injector in it, and all all the problem went away. All right, let's go to the phones before we go to break. Butch is with us. Hi, Butch. How are you? And welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Your questions for Joe and Duck. Uh, good morning, guys. Yeah, morning. I've got a 98 Honda CRV that my son has had for a while. And he spun it around and hit the back end into a retaining wall. Mm. And I was wondering if there was a recommendation that the rear gate will, does not open now. It's obviously bound up, but. The question is, you know, should I even try to, you know, it's not worth really repairing, but should I try to make it open or should I just leave it? I'd leave and it alone. Who, who would you recommend for body work like that? Where are you located at? Here in Little Rock. Um, so, you know, anybody, I know, in Benton, I know two or three people in Benton, but. Yeah, in North Little Rock, there's a couple guys out there by me. It would be uh, uh, Godspooner Body Shop or Cressy Body Shop or. Okay. Uh, you know, and if you, what you're going to have to do is call these guys, set up a time, take it over, and let them look at it. But they can give you an idea yeah. what it's going to cost to get it open, maybe straighten everything enough where it would work again. 
Uh, right, and then, that was my idea. Is I'm trying to sell it. It really runs well. I just drove it back from Fayetteville, yeah, and it was you know it was doing 70 miles an hour and running good, yeah. Um, so I think I can get a little money out of it as a functional vehicle. But thought that whether that opening tailgate would be critical or not, I, you know. Well, it might depend on the cost of that to make a decision about whether you want to spend the money to get it open. You know? yeah, and you got to remember, it's a 98 model car. Right, right. Oh, yeah. And, and you're I'm, looking I'm, at I'm a two thousand dollar car up and running. Yeah. You know, it's, it's basically right. what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. So right. maybe be better off to sell what, it like it is. What was the what was yeah. the names again of the body shop? <laughs> Godspooner Body Shop, Cressy Body Shop. All right. Either okay. one of them can take care of you, I'm sure. So give them a call, go over and see what they tell you. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Thank, right. you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for your call. We appreciate it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got to get a break in. Let's do that. Uh, bumper to bumper. Let's talk about bumper to bumper. They help make this show possible. They make the Saturday show possible. And uh, they're, they're the real deal. For instance, you had to call bumper to bumper about a repair on my car here just this week. Absolutely, Dave. With bumper to bumper, it's all about parts. Parts, parts, parts. Quality parts, good price, good service. That's what we need. And that's why we're affiliated with them. And of course, we, you know, we. We're, we're charged with uh, holding up to their code of ethics, which is pretty high. And anybody that's a bumper-to-bumper certified service center has got to hold up that code of ethics. And uh, we we like doing business with them. One one or two reasons why. One is because they got the parts here in Little Rock at mm-hmm. their distribution center. And two, we get good quality service from them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, – I can only tell you that they put parts on your car – from bumper to bumper, you get a uh, two-year, 24,000-mile mm-hmm. warranty. That has come in handy for me. It did just a few weeks ago. My alternator went bad, yep. and I was – I'm just telling you, I was like Falcon. a few days <laughs> under two years. And they, they put a brand-new one in. No questions asked. Well, there's not any question about that. It's two years, 24K, and – you know, it doesn't matter whether you're one mile within or one day within, we're going to fix you up. And even if you're a little out, sometimes we can push to him. We can fudge a little bit on that, Dave, on time. Yeah, just keep that Just keep that in mind. Seriously. Speaking of alternators, Dave. Yeah. Russell put two on the other day, and they're brand new. They're not remands. Put the first one on. The guy, one of my mechanics, went to go test drive it. I had to go up the corner and get him. <laughs> Baron locked up in it. Oh, no. And the second time, the... They left a nut loose on the end of where the pulley is and hit run off. Mm-hmm. You know, it come with a pulley and everything on it. Then, but you know, everybody makes mistakes, don't we, Joe? Sure, absolutely. You know, but we are big enough. We'll stand up behind it. And say, hey, it's our fault. We'll take care of it. That's it. And parts are made by people. Yeah, you know human what? hands touches. People it. make errors every day, and that's just what happens sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's irritating. I understand that. If it happens to mm-hmm. happen, you know, 20 minutes after they fixed it and you left Joe's and you're heading down, you know, uh, I-40 and you've gotten a little bit away and all of a sudden the car stops again, that's irritating. I understand. But they'll come and get you, no charge. They'll fix it, no charge, and get you back on your way. Absolutely. You know, even new cars have warranty on them, Dave. So, yeah. You know, just remember that. What we do, we warranty, and uh, anything you buy, a news warranty. So there's a reason for warranties because of human failure in any any manufacturing. Is it my 
imagination or is and then we got to get a break after this and then roman wants to talk to you guys um used to be you get a hundred thousand dollar a hundred thousand dollar hundred thousand mile uh warranty on your car i don't see that anymore is it just kind of disappeared five years sixty thousand now oh let me just ask you a question joe how how fast do you drive sixty thousand miles uh take me about three years three years takes Mm -hmm. me about two yeah all right to do sixty thousand pretty close to one dave yeah i got a truck that's five months old and it's got Twenty-eight thousand on it. Just thinking about. I mean, that whole five years, sixty thousand. You want to say five years, a hundred thousand miles? Now, mm-hmm. now we're getting. We're getting Most time of years are going to get you for the mileage ever gets you. I agree, absolutely. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, Roman. You're up next. When we return, we got to get a break in right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. The car guys are here, ready for your questions. Eight two three zero nine six five. All right, phone lines are open, 8230965, 8230965. Roman has been waiting patiently. Well, I think he's waiting patiently. Hey, Roman, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, Roman. I'm patiently waiting, and while I was waiting, I was thinking about asking you guys, did any of you guys ever run any Moon Eye decals on any of your rides in your life? I did. All right, there you go. I love those go. Moon Eyes, man. Yeah. You, you bet. You bet. Nothing like a, a good day at, at the Utah Salt Flats, which I never was at, but I still might. That's on my bucket list. I'll tell you the two uh, decals that were on my charger. Moon Eyes. All right. Oh, wow. Moon Eyes and Mopar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and did you run thrush mufflers? Did you have a little Woody Woodpecker with that? I, yeah. I did not. I did not. But I'll tell you what, that was a very, very popular decal on cars back in the day sure. everybody yeah, had one yeah it used to be where we would run decals yeah, and the stp you know today. all Say right that so, again joe and the stp yeah stp oh yeah you got to have the stp <laughs> in fact i've got an original can in the cabinet i'm afraid to open it up because it's so thick that yeah. i don't know that i that i would really want to use it on anything andy uh, granatelli no <laughs> my my dad had oh, a yeah. wood burn stove in his shop he'd take the can over and set it up on top of it Oh, let it get there you warm. Go. It, so you can pour it out. Yeah. I have original can that my dad had in his shop. He had it for a souvenir, and I st- and I got it when he passed away. It's sitting on my shelf up out at the shop. Classic. Classic. That's good stuff to have around just to keep the voodoo away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your question? Uh, my question is this. This is an 07 Chevy Malibu 2.4 uh, liter Ecotec motor. But its specific uh, tip I'm looking for has to do probably with the steering mechanisms, maybe the rack and pinion. I don't know if there's an electric motor in there somewhere, On from what I understand. But what's interesting, this is intermittent, and it pretty much only occurs at low speed and when you're crawling, when you're, like, doing a parking lot maneuver or you're making a slow speed turn from point A to point B. There's, there's, it's not a thud and it's not a click, but there's intermittent noise when you're at almost at lock going all the way to the left or all the way to the right. What possibly could be causing something like that? How many miles it got on it? 87, a little over 87,000. This noise, is it a click, 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 click noise? No, it's actually like if you would take, uh, 
uh, a drumstick and do like a kind of thing. You know, it it makes you think that if the uh, suspension was in compression or rebound, that there was something loose. But I have been under there at this point in my life, which is a major undertaking. <laughs> but I get under there and have literally put a wrench on anything that I could get a wrench on and everything seems tight, all your, you know, like strut bushings and parts that mount to the uh, frame, the monocoque are, are all tight. Let me and ask you a question. Speed, if you were sitting do. still and turn the wheel, would it do it? Yes, it could on occasion. Inter- okay, you know, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what I think. It's got a, a strut okay. bearing that's bad. That's where I was going. And when you turn that, uh, those springs rotate. If those bearings get bound up or wore out, they'll go boom, 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 just like just like a. Um, um, it telegraphs through the spring. Yes, that's exactly right. I think yeah, that's what yeah. you're hearing. Aha, aha. And, okay, and that would require, good. in my opinion, I wouldn't put strut bearings on there. That mileage, I would put a I'd what they call the replacement the whole anyway. strut. Yes, buy come spring yeah, bearings, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm beginning to sense that there's a little bit of that dancing at times, which is indicating to me that the uh, probably the pneumatic shock cartridge is giving up the ghost a little bit, and the spring is doing more dancing than being controlled. Yes. Great tip, Joe. Look I, at you. I think that's probably going to be it. Right? Yeah, that, that's where I'd go. I'd, I'd go with a stretch before I'd done anything else. Yeah, thank you. And and if I had something old that I could bring to you to set in the shop to help keep that voodoo <laughs> away, maybe I'll find something in the archives here someday. And when I'm passing through, I also I'll got a snake can, you. snake bite can. Remember when I had them? Oh, really? Yeah, I've got one of them from my dad too. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Roman. If you come through and you happen to have one of those uh, thrust decals, bring it by. We'll put it on the window here in the uh, in the studio. All right. Well, I'll, I might have some Norris cam decals that I have around from back in the day. Or, All right. You know, you mentioned Granatelli. Do we got a chance for a quick story? Very quickly. Okay. I happen to have the opportunity to work in a premier speed shop in the Midwest, back up in Des Plaines, Illinois, motorsport research that went into pro motor engineering that Peter Gilead eventually built uh, off-the-shelf replacement NASCAR motors. That was his dream as I started as a broom pusher in there. But Willie Weiss, who used to super clean the blocks before we would blueprint stuff, he actually had time with Granatelli here or there. And it was interesting to listen to some of his stories. But uh, great that you would mention his name and, and remind us of the rich history that the uh, American car manufacturing Absolutely. Uh, legacy. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you, with, I'm, from uh, Indi- I'm from Indiana. <laughs> The Indianapolis 500 go. is deep in my oh, blood. Yeah, yeah. And Granatelli, oh, with that turbo that he had, that he yep. ran, changed the history yep. of racing and the history of how cars ran. Sure. And I think it was uh, Andretti that drove that. Yeah, he sure him? did. Mm-hmm. I remember and he was just a few laps away from winning, and it broke. And it was just a little yes. ball bearing that went bad on it. It was a, it was a next-to-nothing price uh, part. Yes, yeah. indeed. And the neat thing is, is being there at the turn coming into the straightaway and how the cushion of air captures between the tire and the wheel and the driver from the seat of his pants senses that phenomenal 
aspect of physics that kept them alive to make it into the straightaway and <laughs> yeah. do that repeatedly for the duration of the race. But the greatest show on earth I got I got five hundred. I got to let you. Yeah, it is. I got to let you go. Yeah, that we're up against time. I've got Rush Limbaugh that wants to talk, and I get guarantee he's not talking Indy five hundred. All right. Well, yeah, I know there's no carburetor, so we can't have carburetor days at the Indy 500 anymore. I, they have I remember test and tune days. Though. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> I still ain't got my carburetor kit in yet, Dave. They they really don't uh, they don't do uh, time trousers the way they used to at Indy. It's fun. If you've never been to the Indianapolis 500, it should be on your bucket list. The Daytona 500 should be on your bucket list. Sure. I'm just telling you that the color, the pageantry that goes around that, uh, man, it's just it just really, really is amazing. I'll tell you what else is amazing: PI Roofing. I like to talk about these guys because they do their business right. Look, you don't stay like bumper to bumper has been around for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. You don't keep a business for a hundred years. You don't keep a business for. 20 years unless you're doing things right a good job and pi roofing does the job and they do it right and they are professionals uh, they'll come out get on your roof walk around and just by walking around and feeling it under their the weight of their bodies they can tell you where you've got problems at and if they think you've got serious problems they'll get a hold of your uh, home insurance uh, appraiser have them come out with them and walk around now we had some uh, some hail just the other day uh, to the east of us, and uh, it was quarter size. That's much large enough to destroy shingles, and you should have PI Roofing come out and take a look at, at your home. We had a, a hailstorm a few years back. Well, it's more than a few now, uh, and I had them come out, and they had to replace my whole roof. It destroyed the shingles on my house. And uh, when it was all said and done, all I paid was the deductible, $1,000, and that was it. And PI Roofing did a great job. They'll do the same for you. I'm going to give you a number. Now, it's not a special number. It's a number I use, but it's everybody uses it. 707-3551. I don't have the number to the Batcave for Joel Johnson. Uh, you just got to call 707-3551. Someone will answer that phone quickly, and they will set you up to get a professional to your home to solve the problem that you are encountering. Or you can just visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, Doug has a 2003 Dodge Durango SLT. It's an eight-cylinder, this 4.7-liter motor. He ran into a problem that you might run into if you happen to change your oil or whatever. You will eventually. He said, I can't change the oil in my car. Because the oil pan bolt is stripped. Does anybody have an idea how I can get the oil pan bolt out so the oil can be changed on my vehicle? And uh, Duck wanted definitely to, to to get this question, so we'll turn it over to you, Duck. Go. And they do make a, a, a deal. You set up on it, Dave, and it grips it to get them out. I have got them out with a hammer and a chisel. You just have to be careful and not hurt the pan. Um, Correct. But... Uh, a lot of places they go, they oil change people don't even pull the plug no more. Really? They run it down through the dipstick tube and suck it That's out. That's right. I've heard about that. Because of this problem that he's talking about, you know, they got these young people, and I ain't knocking no young person because I got young people too, but they don't get the right size wrench and it rounds it off, and then 
the next person has to go back and change it, ain't it, Joe? We run into problems. I fix them all the time. There's some quick loot places in town that uh, send them over to me when their guys mess them up. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, I, I don't like sucking oil out with a with a vacuum tube. Because you don't, don't get it all out. I don't out. think you get it all out. I like draining it. But yeah, there there is a there's an art to taking a drain plug out and putting one back in properly without cross threading it, without stripping it. But if you come to one of us, we'll get it out for you and put you a new plug in it. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you change your oil and everything for you and send you on your way. I'm gonna say about eighty percent of the time we can extract the, the strip plug and and rethread it and put a plug in it that'll seal it without having put oil panel on it, whether it's aluminum or metal. Don't matter either one. That's right. Okay, so they're not plastic yet? Not yet. <laughs> they, uh, I'm just asking. Well, wait a minute, Dave. Uh-oh, here we go. Some of the 18-wheelers has got plastic oil pans on them and plastic valve covers now. See, that to me, that would be crazy because it's on the bottom of the engine where rocks are going to hit it and all kinds of stuff. I would think you could Russell crack put one, one of those. The other day, a guy run over an alligator, you know, a tar, you know, throws the tread off, mm-hmm. knocked a hole in that plastic pan and all the oil went whoosh yeah. just a little over fourteen hundred dollars yeah, we're talking about oil now we got a, a picture here from ken sullivan on that stp can he's got one too and he sent me another picture and he said look at the price tag on the top of it it's marked grocery a dollar and fifty grocery dollar fifty three that's pretty good grocery yeah grocery. the only thing i buy now that i put in my car I don't put any of the additives or any of that other stuff in my car. And STP, the reason it got rid of that that noise for your lifters is because it was so freaking thick. Yeah. All right. They couldn't it, rattle. It couldn't rattle. That's exactly the reason why. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I buy uh, you know the uh, the additive for my gasoline that seafoam seafoam that you you say we should do this year when we started up the uh, the lawnmower. Yep. I put in a half of of a bottle in a five gallon thing mm-hmm. that of the of the lawnmower, and then I poured the rest in the five gallon container for the gas, and we haven't had a problem. It blew a little white smoke to start off with, then it cleared up, and mm-hmm. baby is just purring right along out there on the. I don't have to buy the gas for Trace's mower. Yep, she's got an electric one. Oh, she's got well, she got push mower now because yeah. you don't need to ride on that small yard now. Um, ain't much bigger than this office i'm just saying you you can push push it now does she have a self-propelled oh yeah <laughs> i might have to use it <laughs> but it, it it's That's a funny. it's a uh i think it's it's either 60 or 80 volt and you can mow two hours and 10 minutes with it as long as the grass is not too high oh well yeah <laughs> But well, you yeah. need to mow it weekly that but way when, it don't get too high. Yeah, that's when, right. you, when you go through the grass dave and it gets a little bit thicker the motor will spin up a little bit faster to mow it. In other words, it's just the same little small hum back and forth. Yeah, I've got a I've got an electric mower that I use in back of my house because I don't have a lot of room back there, and it's really not good for the riding mower to take it back because you're going frontwards, backwards, frontwards, backwards, frontwards. I'd much rather just get the push and get out there and push it around a little bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take but 15 minutes. I swore I never would own one, but I kind of like it since I own it. They saw, I, I, I like them. I've got an electric uh, edger. Uh, she's got an electric edger and a blower. You know, I like it. Uh, and here was the key with those. I waited until to buy one until the batteries were decent. Yeah. And now the batteries are good. I can go out and do the ditch in front of my, my yard and uh, keep the grass down without much of a problem. 
can't right now because White just water. as just yeah just as soon as it seems like it's going to dry up and i can get down there it rains again mm-hmm. and so i gotta i just so gotta wait on keep dave out of the neighborhood if not keeping his ditch mode now nah, yep. they don't bother me about it <laughs> they don't bother me i need to get a hold of a good earth there's some work that i'd like to do in my front yard i need to get a price uh tag on it i want them to dig out that ditch so i don't have to worry about weeds and stuff and i don't know put Put some concrete in there. That would be the expensive part. You know, do it that way. All right, David's got a 2014 Ford Transit Connect. XLT four-cylinder, 1.6 liter. Let's get this one, and then we'll take our last break. Um, Initially, the rear driver's side sliding outside door latch wasn't working. Inside latch did work for opening the door. Child safety lock on the same door was engaged while door was opened accidentally door will now not open either inside or outside we took off both inside sliding door panels to get a closer look no remedy as of yet we disengaged the child safety lock mechanism blue fiberglass plastic type piece on the passenger side outside still works fine however inside will not open we did this so the child safety lock would not engage accidentally again we were only able to do this because the door was already open. The actuators all seem to relay and be working just fine. Does that make any sense to you guys? Well, from the manual pull handle on it, that's a cable-operated yeah, handle. cable. I think probably it's just got a bad cable on it. Uh, could be just bound up coming apart inside it. Yeah, it could be. You know, a lot of the actuators, are you can hear them, but most of them nowadays are not actually on anything except the door latch itself yes so if he you know if, if, if it works from the outside but not the inside whether it has the child safety lock on or not most likely that it's got to have a, a cable issue on the handle there what yeah. do you think it had to be a cable because all that like you say works off of cables and you know bring it to one of us and we'll pull the panel off we'll find it and repair it for you now this is funny that this story, this question came up because mm-hmm. before we went on, yeah, my daughter, my my grandson has a propensity to want to pull the door handle yep. when he's riding down the the, the road. So, yep. unbeknownst to me, she clicked in the child safety switch, sure, and I thought it was up on my uh, armrest, mm-hmm. but that's for the window. That's right. All right. The, the child safety switch on the, the door is on the inside of the door jam. Yep. And she had said it, and I didn't know it. So people would go riding with us. We'd go out to dinner, and we'd pick couldn't up some people. They couldn't get out of the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'd have to get out and open the car, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I'm thinking, yeah, sounds like I'm going to have to take this to Joe and have well, to get inside it. You're talking about that. We get them regularly at the shop where that's happened. And folks will say, I can't, the inside door handles on both sides don't work. Go out there and open them up and flip the switches on them. Because somebody turns them on and the, the driver doesn't know it, and it, it's kind of confusing. But yeah, well, we see them all the time, Dave. I, I didn't know it was on the inside door mm-hmm. uh, jam. Yep. I learned something. Every day. My daughter showed me. She took my key and said, here it is, Dad, and just clicked <laughs> it. And I said, Okay. Yep. I feel like a DA right now, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's no. like when I need phone, my phone not working right, I give it to my granddaughter. Yeah, she'll figure it out for you, won't she? About three or four minutes, she'll give it back to me and tell me, now, Papa, don't hit this button no more. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get our final break in, and then we'll come back. Questions, 823-0965. 823-0965. If you got a question, you got to ask now. All right, we 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 always talk during the breaks, and something came up. All right, and I I haven't had one for wow over twenty years now, and that's a sunroof. Are they still a hot commodity on cars? Yeah, they are, Dave. I, I don't I don't know that a lot of people use them. Uh, I, I'm my wife's got one in her car, and and that very rarely gets open. I mean, I people tell me the reason I got it is. You can open that up and get fresh air in without all that noise and, and stuff. You can uh, do that. From it. it helps, yeah. So, okay. But my thing is, if you're going to have, you know, that to open up, why not just go the whole distance and get a convertible? I love convertibles. I don't think they make enough convertibles. Toyota makes a little convertible, too, now. Oh, do they? Yep. Yeah, Nukem, on the Nukem Wrecker, he's got one. Well, what's left of it? Let me rephrase that. It's what's left of it. <laughs> it's got tore all the pieces. Um, Eighteen wheeler kind of run over it. What kind of what kind of uh, co- what what kind of car is it? I, I just know it's a Toyota. Something like the it, Avalon. I think, yeah, I think so. Is it is that a good car or is that kind of just one of those mid range cars that you buy? Well, it's it's a pretty good and decent car. They're they're good quality cars. Okay, Toyota makes some good stuff. Kind of like know. a little sports car. No, no, no. It's it's more like a uh, mid-sized sedan. Like a Camry. Yeah, just a little bit higher luxury in than a Camry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but they got that out as a, as a convertible. The, the one that I really like, I can't afford. I just It's over $100,000 just to get it. It's just and it's money. a Lexus. It's just money. Have you, seen that new, have you seen that Lexus mm-hmm. convertible, that blue one? That is a gorgeous convertible. Mm-hmm. Real, I've always liked convertible. I liked them when I was a kid. Right around my fa- my father, my brother, my brother John, uh, had a Pontiac Bonneville convertible that he drove, black with red interior. Mm-hmm. Man, when he said, "Davy, you want to go for a ride down to the store?" I said, "Top up or down?" He goes, "Top down, of course." I was out there and mm-hmm. the, jumped in the seat. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Didn't worry about open door. Didn't open the door. Did like Dukes of Hazard, yeah. up and over the door, you know, yeah. and in. Just the way you did it. Yeah. Yep. Back in the day. Yep. All right. This is not back in the day. Let's bring you back into the present. Uh, eight minutes left here. It's, uh, if you want a question answered, now's the time. 823-0965. We've had some pretty good questions today. Uh, 823-0965. This is for a 2013 Ford Fusion SE, four-cylinder, two-and-a-half-liter. Water is leaking into the driver footwell on my girlfriend's car. It's got 130,000 miles on it. After heavy rain, an inch of water is filling the driver floor mat. It's happened again after the last rain. Car sits in her driveway. I cleaned a minimum amount of leaf debris from the screen at the base of the windshield, also a small amount of gunk from around the wiper motor spindles. What gives? It's got a sunroof. We were just discussing this there, yeah. right? All right, there we go. It's you got know, a sunroof. What you're gonna have to do, Dave, is you're gonna have to get somebody out there with a garden hose. You can take the seat out, lay down in the floorboard, and look up and see where it's coming from. 
Yeah, if it's got a sunroof, it's coming in the sunroof drain to be leaking in the A-pillar post. Yep. If it doesn't, I'd be looking in the cowl vents. If it's not there, then it's most likely windshield leaking. Yeah, and in the way we found it before, to slip the seat out of it, sure. set it down on the floor, lay down in the floor, shut the door, and let somebody get up there with a garden hose start spraying. Yeah. You're going to get wet. But you'll find yeah. it. <laughs> but you'll find the leak. Yep, well, you know, find it. The, the mystique about sunroofs is when it seals off and goes up in the roof, that's not where the water line seals from. No. That's a felt seal, and it's going to leak. But that sunroof's got a track that goes all the way around it, and it's got drain tubes in the left front, the right front, the left rear, the right rear. So if you're sitting on an unlevel surface, downhill, uphill, right, left, when that water leaks through there and it drips through there, it goes in that track and then it runs out those drains. But if those drains stop up and that fills up, then it runs over and it'll come down either the left front uh, A-pillar post, right front, left rear, right rear. And and it'll fill up in the rear floorboards, too, if it's leaking in the – if it's, if it's if stopped it's bad up in enough, the rear. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, after a heavy rain, he's got an inch of water. He's got a leak. Sure. And that's I mean, why it's you a can, bad leak. You could take a garden hose and find it. Like mm-hmm. I say, you have to do a little, yep. a little pulling the seat out a of it. A little detective work. Yeah. Lay down the floorboard, shut the door, and have somebody to spray it with a garden hose until you find it. A lot of times, Dave, that's where you can find it. Does that mean, do you have to have the uh, the nozzle on the garden horse hose so that nah, it, you don't it really blows it that. off real hard? Or we just, always just tape it to the roof of the car and turn it on. Okay. And just let, let somebody it run out there, on it. Yeah, let somebody lay there and walk, you know. Because a rain when it falls, it you know it's not at high speed, so you need to make sure you can find it normally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is a few times when it blows you, sideways. You weren't here yesterday early. Let oh, me I was tell late. you, <laughs> it was blowing and going yeah. yesterday. And here old, at the building, it light the sky up with thunder. Yeah, it was thunder and lightning was was doing its thing. I stayed in the car. Uh, I mean. Heidi was probably wondering where I was because I usually get here fairly early, but I just sat in the car until it gave me. I looked at the color radar and could see that the red stuff was going to move over us, so I waited till it was gone before I got out of the car because I really hate walking in and I look like I just got out of the shower with my clothes on. It's not fun. Could have brought you soap. Yeah, I could have. That's right. I could have done it that for fact. All right, seven fifty six. Are you guys looking to make any changes at your facilities at uh, Joe's Garage, Duck's Garage, now that all of the car manufacturers are moving more and more towards electric cars? We discussed that, man, Russell, the other day. There's a school coming up somewhere down in Texas. Mm-hmm. And got to stay up with the program, right? And I'm going to probably send Russell down there, and he can come back and train with other guys. They say it's going to be about ten days of schooling. Well, it's a whole new ball game. Ball game as far as the way cars are going to run and whatnot. And so another it's thing, be interesting. Speaking of that, Dave, they're going to have to send the fire department down there too and let them train them. Oh, hazmat people, yeah, with the batteries. No, well, and stuff? no, I'm talking about the fire department people when they go to cutting the cables. Oh, okay. They'll get lit up because it says if it's orange cable, do not cut it with boat cutters because there's a big zap. Yes. Okay. And that's what it's well, going to take. You know, we're going to have to get some. some they have some emergency on. disconnects on those, and they have locations, and uh, there's going to be something if it's a crash or something that you know those folks, the emergency responders, have to deal with. Us guys in the shop, though, you know, there are specific chargers for these uh, 
hybrid batteries and stuff and 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 it's not like a regular charger and and a lot of these batteries can be uh tested each individual cell see if you just have one cell we do that at the shop but when they get more into the ev vehicles and all that just like doug said we're going to send our guys down there for training and we're going to get them yep learned on how to do it and do it right and we're going to be ready to go for them Dave. because mm-hmm. another thing too joe you want you'll have an ac compressor on it but it won't have no belt on it that's it's run by electric motor just like your house yeah you, you know look at the compressor you know it's got wires going into it it's right. got electric motor and what makes it work and this is what this is going to be they're all going to be electric let's next week talk about that how things going to change if anybody's out there looking for a job, give me a call. Okay, you need a mechanic? I need two. Pardon me, technicians. You need technicians. Yes. All right, keep that in mind. You do some training or you want them already trained and ready to go? I need somebody already trained. All right. But I will train somebody, too, if I want to. There you go. How about you, Joe? You good? Yeah, I'm good right now. Uh, you know, I, I, I would say this. Anybody out there that is looking to get in our industry, they need to give us a holler because there's always somebody in our group that's looking for somebody, right, Doug? Exactly. All, All right. the time. Keep that in mind. There's jobs to be had if you want to work. Correct. That's the key. Don't come and think you're going to lollygag around just sit around. That ain't going to happen. They need people who want to get their hands dirty and want to work. Keep that in mind. All right. That's all the time we got today. For Joe and Duck, thanks, guys, for coming in. We'll have you back next Thursday. Duck, I'll see you Saturday for the Car and Truck Doctors. They're coming up on Saturday at 9 o'clock. I'm Dave Ellswick. I'm back with you tomorrow at 6 a.m.